Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey there, Wellness and Wanderlust fam. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible week of the show. I am so grateful for each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to continue on this adventure together. Now, I don't know about you all. My stress levels have been through the roof in the past few weeks. I know with the rising COVID numbers, the world's starting to look kind of like it did about a year ago again, and I think that can be really overwhelming for so many of us. And everyone I talk to seems to be just going through it right now, so I really wanted to acknowledge that. I don't know if there's also an astrological event taking place that I can blame it on, but all of this is just to simply say that if you are struggling right now, you are not alone, and I do believe things will get better in time. I would also like to especially thank the healthcare workers out there right now who are on the front lines of this pandemic. You are the true heroes. If you are medically able to and haven't done so already, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. I strongly encourage you to get the vaccine so that we can really fight this thing. Even with the Delta variant out there, this is the way that we can protect ourselves and protect others around us. I unfortunately live in a state where our leadership does not listen to science or care about its most vulnerable. And yeah, I'm going to get political for a second, but it is up to us as individuals to be that change we wish to see. Now I'm off my soapbox. That is all I wanted to say about that. On a positive note, I wanted to share some very exciting news. I am so proud to share that I was recently featured by Orlando Voyager Magazine as one of their local change makers. I had the chance to share a little bit about what I do professionally, my work with the blog and the podcast, and my love for Central Florida. If you want to learn a little more about me, I've linked the article in the show notes. It was really fun to interview with them. And again, I was just so honored to be featured and really enjoyed sharing my story. I was also recently on the season three premiere of the Making It Count podcast with Edition Financial. It's a personal finance podcast where we chatted about the science behind your credit score. A lot of people don't understand what goes into your credit score or why exactly it's important. So we really break it down in this episode. I have linked that in the show notes as well. And if you would like to learn more about credit on this show, you can listen to episode 16 of Wellness and Wanderlust, where I chat with Julia Menez from GeoBreeze Travel about how to leverage rewards credit cards to earn free travel and how to do it responsibly while protecting and actually building your credit score. That is linked in the show notes as well. Basically, everything you need is in the show notes. Now that we've gotten our announcements out of the way, I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Karen Mitchell. Karen is the founder and CEO of Gold Coast CMOS, a natural apothecary focused on sustainability. After seeing her family use CMOS as a natural remedy for generations in Jamaica, Karen wanted to bring that healing modality to even more people who did not grow up in the islands and did not have that exposure. In our conversation, Karen shares the numerous health benefits of CMOS and how we can all incorporate it into our wellness routines. We also talk about the importance of sustainability and water stewardship, And Karen shares not only how Gold Coast CMOS is giving back, but how we as consumers can identify and support other businesses that are protecting the planet. We talk about this a lot in the episode, but we vote with our dollars and where we put our money does give power to those organizations. So we want to give power to the ones that are doing the right thing. Now, I will let Karen fill you in more. So without further ado, let's hear from Karen Mitchell. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust today. Hi, thank you. I, I'm happy to be here. I, I'm 
grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. And um, how are you doing today? How's everything going with you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm, you know, hanging in there as as we say. It's been um quite the year, you know, for 2020, mm-hmm. so we're just, you know, cruising into 2021 and just trying to maintain. So, again, we're just happy to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been that year of, you know, I hate to say the new normal, but kind of figuring out what that is and into 2021, how how does that look the same as 2020 and where do we go from here? And so it's it's definitely an interesting time, but I'm so excited to connect with you. And before we really dive in, I would love it if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little about your wellness journey. Okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Karen Mitchell. I am the founder and CEO of Gold Coast CMOS, an apothecary, and we're primarily an online business. Uh, We, I started, I got into CMOS my entire life and uh, I grew up watching, I'm originally from the Caribbean, I'm a native of Jamaica. And so uh, my family's been there for several generations. And so I grew up watching my mother, my grandmother, my great, great grandmother, you know, uh, utilizing sea moss uh, in various forms. I never thought too much about it. Uh, it was just something that was natural to us. We grew up, you know, my family on both sides had an immense amount of property. So I grew up around, you know, natural products, your fruit trees, your mangoes, you know, natural herbs and vegetables grown in the yard. So it wasn't something that I thought of as uh, anything out of the norm. We emigrated to the States when, you know, I was a small, young, young child, but, you know, we would go back and forth and my family was involved in nursing. I had, you know, generations of nurses on both sides of my family. So I was always involved in healthcare directly and vicariously. And in 2002, my mother uh, developed breast cancer and, um, Unfortunately, she, you know, she fought valiantly, though she did not. She eventually lost her battle with breast cancer. And so it was very transformative for me because my mother had led what I would imagine to have been a healthy life, meaning she never smoked. She was not a drinker. She did not, you know, quote unquote, party in the way where she would go out. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, home to work, her family. So I, I just couldn't understand, you know, how could this happen? It just seemed like such an anomaly. And I came from a family where, you know, as I said, I knew my great, great grandmother and, you know, I, on, on, both sides. We had centenarians, you know, my great grandmother lived until a hundred. My grandmother lived um, on my father's side, lived until a hundred and four. And so, you know, this was just like shocking. It was earth shattering for me. And so during that time frame, I decided to research and take a look at, you know, what, what could have possibly caused this. And I became more and more interested in the things that may have been the start to the causes of the manifestation of breast cancer. And so that's where it began. I became more conscious of foods and lifestyle situations that may prompt a breakdown in our immune system that can trigger the presentation of disease. And so 
it, it started slowly with little, you know, poking and prodding. And then, you know, with the accessibility of the internet becoming more and more uh, pervasive, you know, there was a wealth of information that I just, you know, delved in and, and slowly but surely it became a deluge of information that I was, it just was mind blowing. When my mom passed away, you know, the grief process was kind of rough, but at which point I, I decided, you know, what can I do? I want to do something that can really help other people. And so I started working in the pharmaceutical in- industry. I've been uh, in pharmaceuticals now for approximately 15 years uh, in an administrative role for a major benefits provider in pharmaceuticals here in the country. It's one of the top benefits uh, administrators in America currently. And so I've been watching and uh, really seeing the prescription portion of disease prevention or disease maintenance. And it really gave me insight on both level, you know, from a personal level to see about health and wellness and, you know, the importance of being aware of and taking charge of your own health. So that's, you know, really where my health and wellness journey began. I think that's incredible. And I'm so sorry to hear about your mother. And I think it's just so inspiring how you were able to find meaning in something I think that is so, I can't even imagine, but such a difficult grieving process and still find ways to help others as you kind of come out of that. So I think that is so inspiring. And I'd love to know a little bit more about your journey into CMOS as well. My journey, as I stated before, my journey with CMOS began watching specifically my grandmother, my mother's mother, but my great-grandmother, which is my grandmother's mother, she also, you know, I remember her using CMOS as well, but my grandmother would use it and um, it became like, they they called it Irish moss, Jamaicans, the reference to it was always Irish moss. So mm-hmm. I never really paid any much, but I, I just knew that, you know, being in my grandmother's kitchen, watching her, she would make it into like what Americans would call a smoothie, but we called it like a punch. And it was mostly made for the men in our family. The women would have a small glass, but it was primarily for the men in our family. And it was for quote unquote vitality. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) so I never paid too much mind about it. And then during the start of, in 2019, I came down with a really bad cold. I I couldn't shake it. I could not, I, I didn't know what was going on. And I became Came, you know, nervous. So I, I remember that the, the CMOS punch was, you know, something that gave me energy and things like that. So I, I started acquiring the CMOS from a, a friend of mine in the island. She would send it to me. And then I started like incorporating. And I noticed the difference right away in my energy levels. And, you know, that I was finally able, because this, this flu was going on for maybe like six weeks. And wow. I, you know, I, I had a lot of bronchial problems. It was just, it, it was, it just felt different from anything I'd had before. And I knew I needed something, but I was unsure about really going to, uh, the, the 
regular quote unquote regular and I use quote unquote a lot because you know we mm-hmm. I think we utilize words that become normal or we normalize them but we we really shouldn't but um you know we go to the pharmacy and we pick up you know this medication that medication or we have our doctor prescribe something and I just noticed those things weren't really helping me and you know they would help one thing but something else felt a little bit different so I started I wanted something natural and I started u- incorporating the sea moss as a gel in gel form into making smoothies and I noticed an, a tremendous difference right away and I, I recovered and at which point I said you know if it's helpful to me it can definitely be helpful I, I had friends of mine that started using it I was telling me you know I feel great and you know they're like how are you doing now and I'm like oh I'm feeling wonderful I tried this and uh, from there, it really took off for friends and family members who had, you know, emigrated years ago and forgotten about it. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember mama, as we call my grandmother or my, you know, mom in the kitchen making this, you know, oh, you know, send me some. And so it took off from there and said, if, if you know, so many close friends and family wanted, I'm sure it would be def- definitely beneficial for other people as well. And then here came COVID. And one of the things they were stating about COVID was, you know, you know, in, in the islands, as, and I believe it's a, an adage here in the States as well, but they said prevention is better than a pound of cure. So one of the things they were saying with COVID was that, uh, you know, to take zinc and to, you know, keep your immune system high, you know, as, as supported as possible. And I knew that's one of the main things that CMOS did. So I, I decided, I said, you know what, let me start small and, and, you know, just start this little business and see, you know, helping other people by providing this product and having them have accessibility to it. And from there, it just took off. That's amazing. And I think that's so cool that something that you grew up with that was a part of part of your family and a part of, you know, your upbringing became something that you were able to help people with later down the line, especially with a pandemic happening right now. And I I truly believe that prevention, you know, it may not keep us from getting the virus, but maybe our bodies will respond better to it. I really do believe that. I'd love to know also just a little bit more about CMOS. In the past, we've done an episode on algae, and I think for a lot of us, there can be some confusion. So I'd love to know what is CMOS? How does it differ from algae? And talk to me about some of those health benefits. Sure, sure. Uh, Well, CMOS is also scientifically known as chondrus crispus. It is actually a red seaweed that grows in New England, uh, in the North Americas. It's also grown in Canada. It grows naturally, I should say, in parts of the Caribbean, North America, Europe, the Atlantic coast. But it is a red algae. Uh, The difference between sea moss, well, algae does have, you know, significant health benefits as well. Algae, though, is an aquatic plant. It, It grows in water. Whereas sea moss, it grows in moist or damp areas. And then it can wash up, you know, in our oceans or on our shores. Algae does have chlorophyll, you know, that's some of the properties it has. But the thing with algae is it lacks true roots and stems and leaves. While sea moss are, you know, they're flowerless green plants. They, um, 
grow in carpets. And when I say carpets, I don't mean carpets in the house, <laughs> but in, in terms of um, near ocean or water, they grow in those little nooks. It grows somewhat like fun, fungi, but it, it is not a fungi. But it does, it, it adheres to the ground by some properties called rhizoids. And algae is anchored to the subterranean by structure known as holdfast. So they act in different, they, they, the way they manifest is different and the way they uh, reproduce is different, but they are both quite important in terms of the amount of nutrients and health benefits that they produce. But they just act in different way and they grow in, in different ways. That makes sense. I had always kind of wondered about that. And I am so curious to know a little bit more about sea moss, especially kind of looking through your website and seeing some of the products you offer. So I know that you mentioned sea moss gave energy. I'd love to know a little bit more about how someone would incorporate sea moss into their routine and just some of the other benefits of it. Sure. Well, CMOS is known to have over 92 minerals. So we have vitamins. And when I say we, I mean, in general, that there's vitamins on the market, that product, we're not going to call any specific name, but you know, you take one of these pills and it provides everything you need for your daily intake with regards to vitamins and minerals. CMOS naturally provides that. It is not a synthetic product made by a lab or by any biopharmaceutical company. It's something provided to you by Mother Nature. CMOS has a tremendous amount, as I said, in over 92 minerals. And one of the things that uh, research has shown is that we are not only vitamin deficient severely because it's changed where our, our dynamic in terms of the family has changed. You know, we, previous to this, we would have you know, mom and dad in the home and mom, dad would go to work and mom would be home, you know, cooking a meal. And, you know, we were able to provide a full balance. The dynamics of the family has changed. So, you know, we would have all these vegetables and, you know, naturally grown fruits and vegetables. And so America in a whole has gone from a farm base. We had great regions in the West or in the Midwest and the South that, you know, there were a lot of farms, but no longer is that present. We're now, you know, those farming towns are now turning into subdevelopments. And so we're getting a lot of our fruits and vegetables from outside of the country where we're not entirely sure how they're being grown. A lot of fertilizers being introduced. So when you have something that can provide healthy nutrients and minerals that has been this, you know, discovered as quite lacking in um, the modern American intake, uh, it, it's something that, you know, I, I definitely latched onto and, and it's beneficial to our health. For instance, it has selenium, manganese, zinc, folate, potassium, calcium. You know, calcium is, is uh, quite necessary for bones and our teeth and for, you know, the formation of muscles. It helps to, uh, you know, help you form blood clots. It helps to balance your hormones. It also has uh, natural properties. It has nine times more iron 
than chicken. Okay. So nine (laughs) times, nine times more iron than chicken. It has zinc, which is a trace, essential trace metal necessary for the human health. A deficiency in zinc can cause stunted growth, acute diarrhea in children. It is necessary for wound healing. And, you know, so it has substantial amounts of zinc. It has manganese, which is, you know, essential for thyroid health. And it's an essential cofactor for various enzymes like thyroxine, which is a vital hormone to the thyroid brand. It has folate, which is an essential healthy development for fetus development in pregnancy. It improves uh, cell formation, cell growth. So... It's also an, an antiviral and antibacterial. It has high antibacterial properties. It supports the strengthening and production of connective tissue. So, you know, it's wonderful for joint health. There's a homeopathic doctor that uh, so many people have heard about, and his name was Dr. Sebi. And one of the things uh, his uh, mantra was that disease presented based on inflammation within the body and, and from an offset of mucus. And, you know, whether you choose to believe that or not, it is, you know, shown that CMOS is quite essential in offsetting mucus in the body. It's That's what it was originally used for, for uh, lung and colds to, to offset those you know, lung and, and, and cold issues. So it, it's been proven as a, not critical, it, it, I, I'd say critical, but, you know, depending on, you know, your affiliation with any health and benefits entities, we'll just say, you know, the facts are there, you know, the studies are there. There's no question that, you know, anything that has over 92 minerals and vitamins is you know, something that we should incorporate in some way. I just want to say that you should always speak to your doctor before you take anything that is you're going to use for your health or maintaining your health. But the, the facts and the studies are there. You don't have to take my word for it. The, 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 I'm a data-driven girl. I'm all about the data and the, the data is there. And, you know, this this has been taken by many peoples for 14,000 years. CMOS has been in the human diet for over 14,000 years. So there's no question of its uh, efficacy and its importance in terms of maintaining health and well-being. Well, 92 minerals, that sounds just amazing. And I mean, I think that the facts definitely speak for themselves, but that's so interesting. And as someone who is deficient in some of these things because of some of my autoimmune issues, I think it's such an interesting way to take those vitamins and minerals in more naturally instead of it's crazy when you see the number of supplements that I take during the day. So having kind of more of that natural way of taking in those vitamins and minerals, I mean, that's incredible. Now, as someone who hasn't used CMOS in the past, I think you mentioned that you have it in a gel form. Is that something you mentioned, like putting it in a smoothie? Do we use it topically? How exactly do we use CMOS? Right. There's two main ways of using CMOS. The most popular way is is to change the raw sea moss and change it into a gel. And that's by incorporating it into some, just adding water. You know, of course you rinse off the sea moss because it can be found in uh, saltwater regions. It, it 
tends to have salt, some levels of salt to it, some higher than the others. But, you know, once you rinse the salt off or, you know, cleared off the salt, you put it in water, you boil it. I have the specific directions at my website, uh, goldcoastseamoss.com. But you introduce it into the water, you soak it for a while, you can at which point blend it, or you can boil it and it will turn into a gelatinous substance. And then you can at that which point put it in your refrigerator and then use a spoonful and put it in your smoothies or if you're cooking uh, people would use it to thicken soups or in their stews so you can just add it to your food product you know anything you're eating especially if you're drinking something a, a spoonful of the sea moss you add it but i a lot of my fitness uh, clients they you know, add it to their smoothies. Because it has that high antibacterial and antiviral properties, some of my clients who have uh, skin conditions such as acne or psoriasis, they will apply the gel directly to the skin. It softens, it, it helps to produce collagen and microbial properties of it helps to fight, you know, any bacteria on the skin. So it's a softening element, you know, you use it for health and beauty as well as ingesting it for overall wellness. Well, we have, I think, a 90% female audience, so I know using it as a beauty product as well. <laughs> Certainly for me, having eczema, you know, having something to clear up the skin naturally, that's always preferred when I can. So that is that is great to know. Yes. And some, uh, I, I do have clients that use it for their hair. I, I do know a lot of people with kinkier hair, for lack of a better word, or mm-hmm. you know, they're doing natural hair. Now uh, they apply to the hair for as a softening mechanism. And again, to provide vitamins to strengthen the hair, it's used for hair growth. So, you know, it, it has a variety of uses. That's that's awesome. And I think definitely, again, like many of the people in our audience will benefit from that. So you have Gold Coast Sea Moss. I'd love to know what sets it apart from other ways that you can get your sea moss and how do you source it? Well, we are vigilant with regards to our sourcing. There's been, because of the, the popularity of sea moss and the notoriety of sea moss, it's become a, a very in-demand product. And so there are individuals that are growing it in farms. And so farm-raised sea moss doesn't have the same efficacy and, and potency as wildcrafted sea moss. And so with us being aware of what's called sea moss farms, we've become even more vigilant in our sourcing. So we primarily source from the North Atlantic. We have uh, suppliers there that we research thoroughly. We also have suppliers from the Caribbean, such as, you know, Jamaica and St. Lucia. And we import based on them being, you know, an established entity that is verifiable in terms of their harvesting methods and their ability to provide the item with as little human intervention as possible. So because we want to give, you know, we're, we're focused on sustainability and leaving very little environmental impact as possible. So we source and utilize suppliers 
that are as mindful to those principles as we are. But again, we primarily source from the North Atlantic and from the Caribbean. I'd love to know more about that environmental activism. I think the sustainability is something that's so important. And, you know, we're seeing that the effects that we as humans are having on this planet. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that, because I know you're passionate about that. Yes, we, we're very, very passionate about that. We pride ourselves in, in having wild-crafted sea moss, which grows naturally and is harvested in an eco-friendly way. Wild-crafted uh, means it's harvested directly from its natural habitat. Therefore, it poses you know, very little human intervention. And ideally, the harvesters only take parts of the sea moss plant so that the plant can regrow and support its ecosystem. The farm-raised sea moss, they are grown in brine pots and it, you know, changes the composition of the sea moss. So it, it does, it's not able to give back to its, the environment. And so that, that's something we're very mindful of. We also participate in, you know, any project with that involve water stewardship and conservation. So our goal is to support and partner with entities that are focused on protecting and conserving and restoring the ecosystem. Currently, we have several projects that we are working on. One of them is we're supporting the public's uh, public supermarket has a initiative where they're working with the Everglades to help to preserve those 40,000 critical acres that support wildlife, and protects, um, you know, protected for future generations. Uh, so much of, uh, especially here in Florida, so much of our water supply does come from the Everglades. So any mm-hmm. offset with the balance of the ecosystem there can affect hundreds of millions of life. Uh, you know, and it also supports various endangered species, you know, your manatees, your American crocodile, your Florida panthers. So when you support or, you know, protect your, your, your water sources, you're not just, it's not just the protection of the water. Just for instance, the issue with the Everglades currently is the introduction of, of phosphorus, uh, from runoffs from various companies in the area that are having byproducts that float into the water. So it's very important that we address that because it can have a detrimental impact on such a large scale. Another thing we're interested in is the issue with the red tide. And it's where, again, through research, we're determining that, again, the introduction of phosphorus and other byproducts run off from plants and companies in the surrounding area are causing, you know, the death of thousands of tons of fish. And it affects our interaction with water. You know, we can't swim, we can't drink it. You know, the wildlife that's in the water is being detrimentally affected. So we also do beach cleanup on a regular basis. We have a local area here called the Wikiwachi Springs, where it's been here for, I 
thousands of years and where it's, it, it provides natural spring water. It's one of the only places here um, that produces natural spring water. And due to an influx in population or ex- a population explosion, we're noticing that the springs are being adversely affected, you know, through pollution. So we, at which point, you know, our goal is to get the word out about that and to do cleanup and, you know, take active measures to make sure we keep it as clean as possible so it can last not just for us, but for future generations. So we're quite interested in anything that involves water stewardship. That's so important because, I mean, water is at the heart of everything and, you know, every civilization and protecting the environment. I grew up in South Florida and when we would go on those school trips to the Everglades and you would hear about how much of an effect that we were having on our water supply and seeing, you know, not just on the quality of the water, but also the number of Florida panthers that there are remaining is just so staggeringly low. Yes. And it's so sad. And, and, you know, when you mentioned Wikiwachi, I was thinking about the poor mermaids there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 Um, We we are, you know, I think we've taken water for granted. I I believe because the planet is uh, 60% water, I think anything we see in abundance, we tend to take for granted and think, well, we can always get more. But for instance, I, I know there's places in Italy now where water is now more expensive than wine, right? So water is fast becoming a commodity where, you know, we may not even be able to afford water if we do not take care of our water sources, you know? So mm-hmm. we one thing we don't want to do is take water for granted. We do not really have an, an idea of just how imp- important, well, you know, as, as we were told in our biology classes in, in school, right, water is life, right? That even when we go in search of, um, to other planets, the one thing we want to identify is if there's water on those planets, because then if there's water, then we know it can support life. So it is crucially important that we protect what we already have and, you know, take measures to point out companies that are polluting our water and do, even us as individuals, we don't need to join any great groups or, you know, I know Publix as well as other companies, as well as ourselves, we participate with the National Audubon Society and the Arbor Day Foundation. But, you know, we as individuals, one in one, we can, you know, do our part to make sure we take care of our water by not, you know, throwing the plastic bottles in there, which is another huge issue, the Mm -hmm. amount of plastics that's in our water. So, you know, those those are the, the topics and the the things we want to get out to our audience to say, you know, just awareness is key, knowledge is key. So if we can help to further any information with regards to water preservation and those things that we can do to protect our waters, you know, we're, we're all for that. that. That's our goal. I think that's incredible, and I'm just inspired by all that that you all are doing to protect the planet and to protect our waters and the local environment as well. I just think that is so important. 
I'd love to know for consumers, I think where we put our dollars, I think that is so important for, you know, we, we vote with our money. We can change the world with what companies we support. How can we do that research? What, what are some ways that we can kind of identify companies like yours that are doing those incredible things to help the planet and also to identify those that we should maybe avoid and, you know, move our, move our money elsewhere? Well, research, research, research. You said something very important where the, the dollar is, is, is an important way of changing behavior, right? And so many companies who participate in environmental research or environmental preservation, they do have information about that at their website. They're very vocal in letting their the information out as to what they're doing to maintain the, the environment. So... I would, Google is a wonderful source. You can Google companies as to who's doing what with regards to the information is there, who's doing what with regards to environmental protection or water stewardship. And you can, there's also the information as to who is a culprit, some of the culprits with regards to pollution. So there's information out there. I would just say, do your research. It's all readily available. There's a significant amount of chatter that is on the World Wide Web. So before you purchase anything, uh, you know, we, we as individual, we agree that we wield a tremendous amount of power financially. We can hit them in the pockets, you know, that that's mm-hmm. the best way to affect change. So we, we, you know, from anything from your paper products to your electronics, everyone has a voice and everyone is leaving a footprint as to what they're doing to either uh, negatively or positively affect the environment. So just do your research with anything you want to purchase and then you can make your decisions based on that. Yeah, I've I've been so inspired in the last in the last few years. I think it has re- I mean, it's been around for a long time, but it's really started to come out about a lot of corporate responsibility programs with a lot of these companies and what are they doing to help the world, whether it's the environment, whether it's people. I think of Ben and Jerry's as a really great example of that. But seeing that these companies are doing incredible things and helping to make the world a better place because we as individuals can do a lot, but sometimes it is some of those larger companies that are creating that pollution and putting us at a disadvantage. And so I think for us, one of the best things we can do is to be supporting the ones that companies of all sizes who are doing the right thing and giving back, whether it's, you know, environmentally or to human rights. Yes. Exactly. That That's so, so, so true and so important. You know, everything from the fashion industry to technology to, you know, your grocers, everyone is contributing some way, either negatively or positively or offsetting their impact on the environment. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we are so fearful of, of going up against, you know, of being in adversarial in any way to, you know, we feel like that's a big company, you know, what can I do? But your voice, each and every one of us has a voice and we, some of us, we don't have to yell. We can write, we can, you know, give reviews at their website just by writing, you know, Google reviews or putting it out there. You know, we all have a downline on Facebook 
or on Instagram or, you know, social media is a huge tool. So, you know, just by you can affect your family, you know, and, and have them have be impactful with regards to whether or not we want to support or not support a company. We all have a voice. We are all able to do not become intimidated by saying, you know, I, I can't go up against a big corporation. Just one, the, the voice of one person can be tremendously impactful in terms of inciting change. And so, and, and again, if you can also join organizations, other organizations, for instance, like the Arbor Day Foundation or the Audubon Society that are doing things, you know, we can all make a difference in our own way. I love that. I find that just to be so inspiring. And you're right. I think that all of us can make a difference with, with our actions and with our words. And I think it doesn't have to be the person who's yelling the loudest, but as long as we are doing something. Yes. Yes. Every little bit counts. Every little bit counts. And they, you know, sometimes they, they, those corporations will point the finger back at us and say, well, you know, you're throwing the plastic bottles into the ocean. Well, in terms of recycling, more people are recycling than they even recognize they're doing their part without even realizing. For instance, you know, when we go to the grocery store, you know, they ask paper or plastic, you can choose paper. And um, those who are getting plastics, I I know we're reusing the plastic, you know, we we use them again, you know, to line our garbage, (laughs) you know, garbage at our desk or, you know, so those big corporations are far more impactful with regards to the outcome on the environment than we even us as individuals are, you know, we need to look at companies that are using alternatives to plastic. I do know that, and again, I don't want to single any one person out, but you can, you know, the audience can do the research there. Quite a few companies that are just researching a plant-based uh, plastic type material to put drinks and, you know, beverages and food in. So there, there are alternatives out there. And, and again, our purchase power, instead of purchasing plastic uh, containers to store things, we can use glass. We can, we, we, we have so much power and we don't give ourselves enough credit. So through research and our, you know, using our dollar, we can be even more impactful than what we think we can do. That's so true. And I think about even the the pressure that we were able to put a really great example was the plastic straws. I see so many restaurants now have moved over to paper. I think that consumers have put the pressure on that, hey, we know what plastic straws are doing to our oceans and to our environment. And seeing so many places that I go now, they might just give you the option of if you want a straw. So a lot of people are choosing not to have one, but in the places where they are, you know, opting for paper or other materials and even just changing the shape of some of the drinks when you go to Starbucks and when you go to some of these places. And, you know, I think if it hadn't been for the consumers putting the pressure on those companies of, hey, this is what we want. And we don't want to negatively impact our oceans. Right. We need to preserve it for our you know, future generations. And what we do now dictates the outcome then. So I, I think the plastic straws, that was a, a wonderful example on the individuals you know, inciting change. Where there's adversity, Within adversity lies opportunity, and I've I've been I'm a big believer in that. And what I loved about the whole plastic versus paper straw is how many small businesses emerge to become providers of even those metal straws, 
and the, the, you know, cute paper straws, like, you know, paper products, you know, there was an increase in companies that, you know, were focused on providing paper products, paper straws, paper this, paper that. So as opposed to plastic. So it, it has long range benefits when we utilize our power to incite change. Absolutely. Now, I I really am so inspired by what your company is doing and the organizations that you align with and just how you're helping others to really take ownership of their life and their health. And I would love to know a little bit more. Tell me about some of the – so you offer CMOS, but I know you offer some other plant-based products as well. Yes, we offer quite a bit. Uh, well, not quite a bit, but we offer a select amount of fig leaves, which have been, you know, identified uh, as being, you know, having tremendous amount of health benefits as well. We also offer other, you know, one of the things we're working on is uh, detox teas for cleansing. We are also offering one of another product we're, we're introducing is uh, a sea moss based soap. So there's other products that's derived naturally that we want to offer our consumers. One important one is the sour south leaves, which has been growing in popularity for its health benefits. Sour south is, is primarily a Brazilian flowering tree, and its fruits and leaves are known to offer potent benefits. You know, they're very claims that it's a 10,000 times stronger than chemotherapy. So it has a, you know, a powerful nutritional profile. And so, you know, that's one of the things we offer at our website. So, you know, there's, there's various other products outside of CMOS that you can use that we offer for health and well-being. That's awesome. I'll make sure to link those in the show notes. The soap sounds amazing for someone who um, who does have some skin issues. I think that, um, you know, based on some of the health benefits that you shared earlier, I think that that would be a really great product. And then the detox teas, I am, you know, I'm drinking tea as we speak. That sounds just absolutely amazing. Now, I would love to switch gears a little bit and just ask you a few of our rapid fire questions as well for the listeners to get to know you. What would be your top wellness tip? My top wellness tip is to maintain your mental health. One of the things I, I'm, I'm a big uh, meditation and introspection type person, and uh, I studied the Dalai Lama. And one of the things he speaks on is that disease begins in the mind at times. And so stress and things like, you know, adversity tends to affect our overall well-being. So I would definitely say to try and maintain as stress-free as, which is tough in today's, mm-hmm. you know, society, but take, make a priority and, you know, utilize tips and I find ideas on how you can manage stress. You know, we can't change our environment, but we can, well, you know, we can have impact in our environment in certain ways. But in, for instance, in the workplace, we're not always able to change, you know, our environment that way, but we can be active in how we react to our environment. So I would definitely say taking control of how we manage stress is critical to our overall health and well-being. Completely agree with that, especially in today's world with the pandemic going and even though life is getting a little bit more quote unquote normal, it's still, things have a long way to go. And I found for me, my 
physical health was struggling over the past years. My autoimmune issues flared up more. When I talked to my doctor, one of her biggest things was to be managing my stress better because the isolation that we've had, the separation from activities we used to do, all of that and the stress of the unknown, I think that plays such a huge role in definitely our mental health, but I think the physical as well. So I love that tip. I think that everybody needs to be taking inventory of their mental health and look for those self-care practices that work for them for sure. Definitely. Definitely. We, you know, the, the, against research and data is um, out there with regards to the correlation between high levels of stress and the presentation of disease in the body. So there's definitely correlation there. Definitely. Now, where would be your top travel destination? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely, I would like to, I, I want to go to, the Caribbean is always a, a wonderful place for me to go to regroup and um, to rejuvenate the north coast of Jamaica. I love, my family is from St. Anne and Discovery Bay. So the Blue Hole, uh, Duns River Falls, that's always something I'd like to do. I would also love to travel to Bali, to Indonesia, some parts of Thailand, the South Pacific in general. And my definite bucket list, I really would love to uh, go to New Zealand. There's something about New Zealand that's calling me. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to answer the call, but um, those are, you know, my top travel uh, choices, you know, for 2021, 2022. That's fantastic. I I would love to go to all of those. Um, New Zealand is just, it the, the landscape, all of it, it's just so magical. And, then, and I'm glad you mentioned a few places in Jamaica because I was going to ask you a bonus question of any recommendations for anyone planning a trip there as well. Definitely the North Coast. You know, a lot of people, when they go to Jamaica, it's usually Kingston or Montego mm-hmm. Bay. But the, Jamaica has so many places that are untouched. As we as Jamaica say, go to country. You know what I mean? Don't go yeah. into the city. The North Coast, uh, Negril is still, uh, it, that's also a popular place, but it's still a, a wonderful place to go. It's not as populated. Negril, Discovery Bay. There's also a, a place in um, Clarendon called Bath, where there's uh, natural springs and hot springs there that they say very therapeutic. There's also inland um, in terms of St. Mary. There's a, a lot of other parishes outside of Kingston and Montego Bay. So go off the beaten path. Of course, be safe. You know, a, a lot of people, when they travel, they tend to, you know, be on vacation, both, you know, physically as well as <laughs> mentally. And you still, you still yeah. have to be safe when you travel, but try to find those places off the beaten path. Port Royal is still a wonderful place to go and visit. So go off the beaten path and, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of places there to go, but definitely the North coast of Jamaica. It's beautiful there. That sounds beautiful. And I love, I love anything off the beaten path. So definitely great recommendations. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? I think I would be an eagle. Ooh. Yes, I, I, I've always, if there's one thing I would love to have been able to do is fly. And I think an eagle represents such strength and such power and their vision is something that's been, you know, noted as remarkable, both metaphorically as well, though, to have 
good vision and desertion. I, I think that's all represented in the eagle. And I, I don't believe it's a coincidence. What, you know, I think there's a reason they chose the eagle as the uh, representation of what America is, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great answer. If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I would want to be able to learn many more languages. I think I I want to travel so much more, but I would like to be able, I know some people, it seems like it comes so natural to them. I, you know, I speak six languages. I speak this many languages. I would love Mm -hmm. to be able to uh, learn many more, especially your Slavic languages and your Asian languages. That's, that's a skill that I would love to, to be able to sharpen. That would be amazing. I um I do my Duolingo, but I, it only takes me so far, you know. Yes. Yeah, that that would be amazing especially for travel. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I I'm definitely huge in tra- And you know what the lockdown really you don't appreciate things until it's taking taken away from mm-hmm. you and you know our being you know we couldn't travel we couldn't I said oh my god look at all these places I wanted to go and I want to mm-hmm. be able to speak the language I don't want to stick out like a tourist I want to really experience the, these places when I travel so mm-hmm. I think language is a big part of that so I definitely want to be able to speak more languages that's awesome and what would be next for you on your bucket list well, next on our bucket list is to really have a broad food products, you know, to really step out more into offering uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, being a, a provider in terms of farming. And, you know, I, I would love to have a, a, a ranch or that you know, is sustainable, that provides, you know, a vast, vast more products in terms of herbs and, and uh, plant-based products and, you know, to provide to our, our clients, you know, I, I want to explore that more, you know, what would it take to do that? But that's, that's, you know, a little ways down the, <laughs> the journey, but that that's definitely in our bucket list too. And I, I we wanted to do possibly, you know, on this farmer and the ranch to have a spa where we incorporate not just farm to table, but farm to spa where we include natural, more natural products for skin, for health, for hair, for, you know, all over well-being. And, you know, it's, it's a direct pipeline. You don't have to, you know, get something expensive from France or anything. You can come and have an all-around experience, you know, do some meditation, you know, have some great teas to cleanse you, eat some great food and just have an all-around experience for like a week or a couple of days and go back into the world feeling fresh and rejuvenated and empowered. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible. I will definitely once you open, I will be um, making a trip. I, you know, so many of the products that we use, the you know, the man-made products that we use, they do have natural origins and mm-hmm. there is so much in our nature that we've kind of forgotten about that mm-hmm. can have such a cleansing effect and can help our help our minds, help our skin, help hair, like all of that. And so I I love the idea of the natural spa. Yes. Yes. Um, That's definitely something that 
you know, has been a huge because we equate self-care as a both a time expense and a monetary a financial expense and i want to somehow find a way to give people more accessibility to that you know because even those products that are on the shelf that have these natural ingredients they're so small the amounts you know very few of them you know where it's the first ingredient as you know when you're reading in ingredients on any product it starts with the the primary ingredient and goes all the way down to the, the least amount. And usually when you're, for instance, someone has castor oil or coconut oil, it's usually the 15th or the 16th ingredient. So they tout that it has, you know, natural ingredients, but those amounts are sometimes so small. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to have a place where everything is uh, readily available as the primary ingredient or the secondary ingredient. And give people the options of really experiencing what it's like or what it was like for me to grow up on an island like Jamaica and, you know, just have it be something that is not not out of the norm to have access to natural or fresh ingredients. Absolutely. I think that's something that unfortunately so many of us we haven't experienced growing up. I was in for I, I was fortunate to have some of those natural remedies as a child and get to experience that, but I think so many have not and we immediately turn to something on the shelf at, at the pharmacy or at the you know, that maybe there's something more natural that we can use and maybe it's already in our kitchen cabinet that we're not yes. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. I'm so inspired by everything you're doing and I can't wait to see what's next for Gold Coast CMOS. I would love to know for our listeners who are interested in connecting and learning more, how can they find you and connect with Gold Coast CMOS? They can definitely visit our website at goldcoastcmos.com. We have a link where you can leave your email address to sign up for a newsletter. We are working on expanding our newsletter now to so far, thousands of people that have already signed up. So, you know, you can definitely sign up to be a part of our newsletter. We, you can also send us an email at goldcoastcmos at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us at Facebook. You can uh, link me directly at Instagram. It's Ms. CMOS Boss, and that's Amazon Michael, Z as in zebra, and then CMOS Boss at Instagram, and we're available there. We are also, we have uh, our clients so far, you know, a lot of clients out of Australia and Clearwater, for instance, that, you know, we have a big client base in Clearwater. Water. And they're looking for uh, asking for a physical place where they can purchase CMOS, they can come and buy. So stay tuned for that as well. You know, we, we would like to launch a brick and mortar store where you can, we're able to access it. But in the meantime, if you want to, you know, acquire information, send us an email, visit our social media links, and, you know, we, we respond within two to three days at the most. That's fantastic. And I know we have plenty of listeners in Florida. I would say that's our largest audience base in, in the U.S. And so definitely stay listeners, stay tuned for that. And I will link all of this information in the show notes so that everyone can connect and learn more. But Karen, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story with us today. 
my pleasure. I am very thankful for the opportunity uh, to come and share, you know, talk about uh, my business here with you and your audience. And, you know, once again, thank you for inviting us and having us. I think Karen's commitment to the environment is so inspiring, and I love to see businesses that are taking steps to positively impact the planet. As you can see from our conversation, CMOS has such a variety of health benefits and sourcing really does matter. I was so inspired by our conversation and I cannot wait to try CMOS for myself. I have linked Karen's information in the show notes and I highly encourage you to check out her products. It is so important to support businesses that aim to make the world a better place. So why not do that while improving your overall health? If you enjoyed today's conversation, one of the best ways that you can lend your support to the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of the podcast, as I've mentioned a couple of times, and I'm hosting a very special episode to celebrate where I'm going to be answering listener questions. So if you still have a question that you would like to have addressed on the show, feel free to send it my way by emailing me at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or by DMing me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. Hit that subscribe button to keep up with new episodes and share this episode with a friend. Have a wonderful day and I can't wait to see you next week.